Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, and I've edited and published the website, theweeklydriver.com, since 2004. Uh, my co-host and co-friend, not co-friend, but good friend, is Bruce Aldrich. And today we have on a repeat guest, uh, Kelsey Mays, who has probably the longest title I've ever heard, but it's a good title. Uh, Senior Consumer Affairs and Vehicle Evaluations Editors for Cars.com. And so, Kelsey, um, thanks for joining us again. You were on episode 139, and now we're on 187. So thanks for being our guest again. A little look back through time. I'm actually now, my, my title gets a little simpler for you now. That oh. was my title last year. I'm just the assistant managing editor. So oh, fantastic. I, uh, our daily news. So, so there you go. Not quite as much of a tongue twister. That's good. In my old newspaper days, an AME was, you know, that was a great title. Who's so and so is the AME? We all knew what the assistant managing editor was. That was great. Yeah. So, yeah. so there you go. Well, we're, we're here to talk with uh, Kelsey about the uh, American Made Index. And a lot has changed with the automobile industry in a year uh, in which Tesla has come even further to the forefront. And COVID-19, like a lot of other industries, has really changed the automotive industry. Plus, we all we all know we're just talking about cars. It's not life and death, but it's important in our industry. So we want to go over this index. And, and Kelsey, why don't you give us an overview, if you can, about what the index is and and what it represents that's maybe a good launching point i would launch with sure. what what what, what is cars.com that, yeah, well, yeah. it's an analytics site right and and more <laughs> <laughs> well car, cars.com cars.com uh, we've been around since 1998 and uh, we are um, a website that connects buyers and sellers we have uh, several million cars in our inventory from local dealers all around the country, um, close to 20,000 of them, actually. And uh, what we what we do is we're a platform for people to find the right car for them, really find the right match for them, uh, whether they're very, very well knowledgeable about vehicles and really kind of looking at inventory on a more molecular basis, or they have no clue and they need to kind of figure out whether they even want you know, an SUV or a sedan. Um, and, and so we have all of that. What we've been doing on the editorial side is we've been um, we've been producing content for that entire period, all the way back to 1998, uh, and, and I've been here since 2006, actually, and um, so I'm a little bit of an old-timer, so to speak, um, and, and we have a fully independent editorial team. We produce um, news stories, car reviews, vehicle comparison tests, things like the American Made Index, which we'll get into, and, and all, all sorts of other good stuff. Uh, Bruce just became a very good assistant managing editor. He, he deleted my first vocal uh, utterance. Yeah, and he put me right on track. So I'm glad he did that with cars.com. Thanks, Bruce, for kind of <laughs> good to start at the beginning, I think, was a good way. But um, as a matter of fact, as a reminder, there was a couple of years where I actually contributed to cars.com a bit. And um, I knew about the editorial side some, and that's years ago. But the the indexes are really interesting things. And, that you know, if you're, a number, if you're interested in numbers crunching and data and what it means to the industry, you guys uh, do it right. So... Yeah, the the American uh, Made Index. Let's uh, let's launch into that. What's what's it all about, and um, what's its relevance? Well, um, we'd like to think it's fairly relevant. Uh, you know, we've surveyed consumers this year. We found about seventy two percent say you know that the kind of domestic nature of a vehicle is an important part of their shopping decision. Um, we've been doing this since two thousand six. This is actually the third generation of the index. Now, um, the first generation was 
from 06 well into the teens. The second generation, we, we kicked off in 2017. That was a really big overhaul. And then the third generation was, was more of a moderate kind of refresh of it, and that happened in 2020. So this is the third generation, second year now. There's a lot of data you can crunch. There's a lot of economic kind of indicators about different vehicles um, derived from certain things we can get into. Uh, but but kind of the whole point of this is to really help a consumer deduce what the economic contributions of a given vehicle that he or she might buy um, turn out to be. We have a whole matrix of factors we look at. Um, right now, we look at um, we look at five major things. We, we look at where the car is assembled. Uh, we look at the amount of U.S. and Canadian content. Now, people wonder why you look at Canadian content. Well, that's because it's part of what's uh, baked into every vehicle, every light-duty vehicle sold out there as part of the American Automobile Labeling Act. And I won't get too you know, professorial here, but that's been around, people probably don't realize, that's been around since 1994. Congress actually authorized it all the way back then, and that requires you to kind of produce these numbers for every vehicle. Uh, because it ropes in Canada, we look at uh, engine origins and transmission origins, um, two very cost-intensive parts to kind of determine um, sort of the domestic nature of, of those components. And then finally, we do a calculation of uh, manufacturing workforce, automaker by automaker, um, relative to vehicle production. And so anyway, all those five factors really uh, go into our sort of engine, no pun intended, uh, of, of looking at the data. And uh, from that, we produce the uh, ranking of the most American cars. Gotcha. I have the list uh, in front yeah, of give us the top five there, James. I, yeah, I have the <clears throat> list in front of me. The Tesla Model 3, Fremont, California, mm-hmm. Ford Mustang, yep. Flat Rock, Michigan, Tesla Model mm-hmm. Y, uh, Fremont, California. Number four is the Jeep Cherokee, Belvedere, Illinois. And number five uh, would be the Chevrolet Corvette, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, the t- I'm looking through the top ten, and in, in my mind, old school guy, older school guy than you are, I'm sure, we have one, sure. two, three, one, two, three, four, five, s- five cars on that list that I never knew um, up until a few years ago were American-made, Honda and Toyota are Japanese brands now made in America. So I have to step back a little bit and realize that I'm, I am speaking old school, but when did, when was that transition? When, when, when are the Japanese companies cars made uh, largely in the United States? They, they've been building cars here for decades, actually. Yes. And uh, what some people are surprised about is, you know, uh, Honda, for example, Honda makes about two thirds of Honda can claim domestic assembly for about two thirds of the vehicles it sells here for the mm-hmm. 2021 model year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's enormous. I mean, yes, uh, it is. Let me ask you guys what what let me ask you guys what percentage of cars bought in the U.S. You know, we're talking passenger vehicles, not semi trucks or golf carts or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what percentage bought here do you think are also assembled here? Bruce, you had to venture. There's like 344. Models and how many are produced here? Uh, produced uh, out of the 344 are 121. Wow! So a third, roughly a third. A third. Wow. Well, but that's but that's just counting one nameplate versus another. So what percentage of actual sales volume? Oh, 10 percent. I don't know. No. 10 percent. Okay. Well, it's 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 actually 52 percent. So 52. If you if you went out and just bought 100 random cars uh, at dealerships. About 52 of them would be also assembled here. 48 of them would be imported. Wow. Okay. So if, yeah. if, if, if Bruce and I are roughly the same age, 
Kelsey, how old are you? 30, I'll be 38 in August. Okay, so you're 38 and a little bit different generation, but when I grew up and my dad said, we're going to go buy an American-made car, there was no way that he was talking about Honda or Toyota. It was. It would be a Ford, it would be a Chevrolet, it would be Chrysler. And so do you think people now who are going to go buy an American-made car are they pretty savvy that now all these other brands are included? Or when they say, I'm going to go buy an American-made car, are they still talking about cars that are made in Detroit and that are American companies? You know, that's a great question. From from a lot of our kind of survey data we found, people really do care deeply about where a car company is headquartered. Yes. And, uh, and, and we should not under... That, that, that is important. If you look at... For example, the percentage of domestic assembly for the vehicles they sell at a company like Ford. Yes. Uh, it's very, very high. It's more than 80%. Um, you know, uh, Chrysler, well, now Stellantis, which is uh, a, let's see, French, Italian, American automaker. Um, yes. They make, north of 70, they make north of 70% um, for 2021 of, of domestic assembly for the cars they sell here. Uh, but then you get Honda. I mean, they're, they're, they're right around 65%. They're more than GM. And wow. so, you know, just the badge on the hood doesn't always necessarily tell the full story. You got to look at kind of where the automakers invest their dollars. And obviously, we're in a very, very globalized auto industry right now. But, um, you know, that, that was kind of part of the whole, the, the whole beginning of this American-made index effort all the way back in 2006. Is we really wanted to kind of look more at, at the overall contributions from a car-by-car standpoint, not necessarily from an automaker-by-automaker standpoint. Gotcha. Bruce? I was wondering, uh, Kelsey, I was looking over your data, and and I pulled out some things here, like a Honda Accord is number 17, and a Honda Civic is number 90. A Toyota Avalon, 18, and a Toyota Corolla, 88. Why the huge disparity? Just because they don't make the Corolla and the Civic Domestically, I guess, right? Well, you, you bring up an interesting point. If you notice, a lot of the cars toward the toward the bottom of the list, uh, you know, 60 through 90, if you will, some of them, you, you get these compact sedans. Those tend to be more international just in terms of their market and in terms of, uh, obviously, some of their sourcing for content that we see lower domestic credentials in terms of AALA content and uh, engine and transmission sourcing, so on and so forth. An interesting thing about the Corolla and the Civic is that they have substantial imported volume. Uh, the Civic hatchback is made in England. There's some, um, you know, Japan volume, Japan made volume for Corolla. There's, uh, so, so there's a, a, some distorting factors there that we um, are able to account for and, uh, and, and uh, account for and, and actually lower index values accordingly because of imported volume. There's actually 12 models out there, 12 nameplates where some, um, some of them are made here. Some of them are made uh, in other countries and imported to the United States for the 2021 model year. And so that's a very interesting kind of um, division there. And uh, we've come up with ways to account for it and actually um, reduce their index volumes by sort of commensurate amounts. And so, you know, um, all of that's accounted for. And, and in short, those are some of the reasons why you see cars like Corolla and Civic down near the bottom of the list. But I should say, you know, there's 344 models on sale for the 2021 model year in the U S. And so we rank, we rank 90 of them, but 
you know, the 90th vehicle, it, it, there's a temptation to think of it as sort of the AMI's loser, if you will. Sure. Um, but it's arguably, by our analysis, more American-made than any of those uh, other 254 models that are, you know, not even on the list. I see. And why? explain again why 254 aren't on your list. Well, because uh, part of the table stakes to even be on the list is, is U.S. assembly. So you've okay. got... Um, you, you've got 223 of those models um, that are not on the list because they're entirely imported. And then you've got 31 cars otherwise that we disqualify for other reasons. We've had some longstanding reasons. You know, if your car is in the final model year without before it's going to be discontinued or have assembly moved uh, out of the U.S., then we don't include you. If you're a you know, heavier-duty vehicle, we, we can't source all the data we need, so we don't include those vehicles Stuff like that. If there's a fleet-only vehicle that consumers can't actually buy, that would also not make the list. So, so we exercise uh, six, seven of these kind of major disqualifiers, and that gets uh, another kind of small number of vehicles off, which leaves us at 90. I see. I can understand if you're an auto worker, a, a union person, why this list is important to you. Um, the other, the rest of it, uh, I would just say patriotism. What do you think? Why, why are people interested in the content well i mean i think people want to keep their keep their dollars in their local community that's a very natural inclination particularly now as we're sort of seeing um this sort of uh multiplication of of you know globalized uh, supply chains and and people are buying stuff online and they're getting stuff delivered that that you know, isn't necessarily supporting their local business. And there's a, there's a little bit of a, a I, I think, a um, well-meaning uh, backlash, if you will, against that, that people want to keep their dollars local and they want to, um, and they really want to support local economies. Now, obviously, not everyone has a big auto plant next door to them. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I can go out and buy that car and I'm supporting that big auto plant down the street from me. You know, for most Americans, they're they're living in an area where there aren't big auto plants, and so right. uh, this we we hope this kind of gives you the next best thing because it's it's cars that really do support at least U.S. domestic um, production and 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 domestic parts sourcing, if that's something that really matters to you. Um, you know, I but but even if you buy a car that isn't on the list, let's say you buy a Prius, you know, imported obviously from from Japan. Uh, you're still supporting a, an important part of the kind of jobs aspect of, of the overall impact of auto, and, and that's retailing. I mean, we, we looked at the numbers. There's about 840,000 Americans, or 840,000 jobs, I should say, in America, building cars and car parts. Selling cars and supporting operations that retail these vehicles uh, comes out to 1.3 million. That's according to Labor Department data pre, pre-COVID. Um so, in other words, if there's five people working in the auto industry, um, two people are building the car, three people are selling the car. So, uh, even if you're buying a car that's not on this list, you're still supporting, you know, kind of the largest slice of that pie, if you will. But what we wanted to drill down to with the AMI was kind of supporting, you know, the, the fullness of the pie uh, as much as possible. This might not be a direct uh, example, but it, what comes to mind uh, is a woman who. Every so often, anytime I happen to have a review car that's a Volvo, 
I will write our car review, and just like any other car review, you say what you like and you dislike, and you list the parts and the warranty and all those you know straightforward information. And I'll get what amounts sure. to a nasty gram by this woman who said, "How could the how could the publication that you work for allow you to review a car that's owned by a Chinese company, uh, considering the human uh, condition?" Yeah, Volvo. And I I only responded to her twice, and then I stopped responding. I said, "I'm, I'm not." I'm not into politics. I'm, I'm writing a car review. And why, yes, it's owned by Geely, but it's still made in Gutenberg, Sweden. And I'm thinking that the people in the factories are Swedish. And and I'm, I don't write about politics. So I'm wondering if the politics of the world in which we live is related to people who um, may not think highly of people from other countries, if that's part of the fact. I mean, we are living in a, in a very um, sensitive world where... Um, things are happening that way. And I don't mean to be political myself, but I wondered if the index has changed in recent years because of something like that. Well, I mean, it hasn't changed because of stuff like that. It, it has, we have really kind of taken a look at some of the policy, um, you know, especially during the previous administration, the uh, U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, which does have a lot of provisions to, you know, for example, raise content in, in a given vehicle um, from high-wage countries mm-hmm. uh, that's in large part going to supposedly, the, the aim is to move more production to the U.S. or to Canada away from kind of lower-wage areas. Uh, but um, that, that remains to be seen. I mean, we, what, we've, what we've seen throughout the years, to, to your point, first of all, I think the whole, I think the Buy American movement cuts across a lot of political spectrums. I, I've seen, you know, very liberal people say out by America. I've seen very conservative people out by Americans. So I, I don't know that it necessarily cuts to exactly one sort of political stripe. Thank you. That said, that said, uh, over the years, we've certainly seen the number of really, really high domestic content vehicles. I mean, it used to be back in 2006 when we started this, you'd have vehicles that were 85, 90% AALA content. And that was routine. And then over the years, it kind of kept dropping down, dropping down, dropping down. Now it's now, now it's rare to even see a vehicle that's 70% or 75%. And the, the bulk of vehicles, even the ones built here in the United States, are you know, 40, 50, 60%, maybe 60%. And so there's just a lot less kind of pure, pure, very, very domestic vehicles uh, left on the market. And that, that we think is really actually kind of helped augment the reason for the index because again it's there, there's less and less stuff people have to choose from and regardless of your politics i think if this is something that's important to you then hopefully this index helps out i re- recall my dad he always had v- vw's mostly bugs growing up and yeah, that's that was his thing you know something economical and inexpensive and then in the sure. in the 90s he bought a saturn and I'm thinking, what the heck is this? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy American. So yeah. you know, you're, you're, you go in and out of the patriotic or what, whatever the term is for if you want to support America, for sure. I think yeah. I wanted yeah. to. Well, go ahead, Kelsey. Sorry, go on. Well, and and you know, it's it's we see all around us that there, there's elements of globalization that you touch upon almost every single day you know the shirt you put on this morning was probably made in indonesia or something and and it's it's uh for 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 people to say well 
I really want to buy American. Um, and it, it's, it's almost impossible. If that's something you care about, and I'm, and I'm truly saying this as sort of an umpire, never a cheerleader. If this is something that you care about, it is really, really hard to equate that through all the purchasing decisions that you make. Because the vast majority of clothing, you know, consumer electronics, so on and so forth, these are there. There isn't a ton of that stuff domestically produced anymore. That's a really um, good no. point. That's a really good but, point. But the auto industry does have some stuff that's domestically produced, and so this is a way that people can can you know leverage one really really big ticket item that they spend a lot of money on, um, and keep their dollars more supporting domestic production and, and domestic content if if that's what matters. I'm reading a, a statement that was really well written, I thought. I, I don't know if you wrote it or one of the other uh, people at cars.com, but it said the 2021 American-made index, AMI, arrives against the backdrop of scarce inventory amid a microchip shortage and heightened consumer awareness. That, that <laughs> includes a lot of stuff in one sentence. So how about, yeah. how about the microchip shortage and... Um, we all know that I just got some other information from an, um, another company that said they listed a, a top 10 list of cars that cost more used than new. And how did the microchip shortage um, fit into this year's uh, index or did it occur perhaps too late when you guys were compiling data? Uh, it, it kind of occurred in tandem as we were compiling data. It certainly made some of the data harder to compile just in terms of inventory shortage of what we were able to find at yes. dealerships. But as far as impacting kind of the way the index came about, uh, it didn't really do much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 you know, the microchip shortage has so much, so many interesting, I shouldn't say interesting because they're perilous for a lot of, for a lot of players within it. Uh, so, so many, uh, strange and, and, and weird angles going on. Um, what we can say is that people are seeing much, much higher prices at the dealer, particularly uh, both on the new and used side. We're seeing a little bit of relief in terms of our listing prices and, and in terms of particularly our, um, our inventory on the used side. But, you know, the first four months of the year, we saw average new car prices on cars.com go up 5% used car went up 14%. And, you know, people are seeing uh, lots and lots of empty pavement out at dealerships. And it's not because the sales guys are out wanting to practice their jump shots. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's a very odd. I've noticed it. Yep. I, I, it's really going to be interesting. uh, Well, in several ways, just like you mentioned, but for us in, in California, the uh, Monterey Auto Week will be interesting to see how it, all the prices are affected uh, with the microchip and new, new, new and used pickup trucks, as an example. And then also when the L.A. Auto Show reappears, what's going to happen in the next, well, we're in um, July 1st tomorrow, that's November. So how this is all going to shake out in, in the next four months or so is really going to be interesting in terms of total sales. Uh, you know, if you have a a nice, wonderful old F-150 pickup truck in your garage and you thought about selling it, now you're going to get five times more than you thought it was worth. All that stuff just so interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, is there something else that we're missing, uh, Kelsey, about the AMI this year? Um, 
that we should be aware of? And well, I guess Tesla. Let's talk about Tesla. It's still relatively yeah, new. Yeah. What what's the effect of Tesla? Where where does that sit in it? There's the AMI. Do you think does it make Elon Musk happy? Sad? Does he care one way or the other? Or what do, what do you guys make of that? What do you guys make I of mean, that? He hasn't he hasn't tweeted about it, so I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. it, it matters too much to him. But but I, I will say this. Um, they last year was the year they first participated in terms of furnishing enough information. So a lot of what we have to also get is kind of validation on some of the data we find from the automakers and, and back and forth. Yes. And uh, until last year, we, we hadn't been able to procure enough data to rank Tesla vehicles. So last year, Tesla had three vehicles in the top 10. This year, they have two. Mm-hmm. We were unable to rank the Model, uh, Model S and Model X uh, because they both have kind of uh, heavily revised versions out now for 21 mile a year, and we weren't able to get all the information on it. But um, we, we have seen Tesla come up in terms of its domestic credentials. Uh, it's It's got two vehicles in particular, the, the Y and the 3, that uh, have very strong domestic sourcing in terms of AALA content and uh, and drivetrain sourcing. They also do really well in terms of um, their their manufacturing workforce score, one of the five major components um, for the AMI. Uh, Tesla obviously employs a lot of Americans' manufacturing uh, relative to their production footprint. You know what's also interesting? You know, we talked about you know 52% for the industry in terms of domestic production uh, to sales. Tesla's the only automaker that can, the only major automaker that can claim 100% sure. um, domestic production, and, and and that's really astounding. I mean, that that is really noteworthy. Obviously, Tesla is still a relatively small automaker, but with every passing year, it seems like that model, they're not quite as small as they used to be. They're not quite as small. They're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, uh, you know, they're they're definitely a player on on the main stage now, and uh, you know, their rise to the top of the AMI has, has been perhaps not unexpected, but still very remarkable. Maybe in the next few years, there'll be the other, you know, competitors that are, if not on the not too distant horizon, then a little bit farther down the further down the road, farther down the road um, horizon. Maybe there'll be other companies that that soon appear on that Rivian or some other companies. That, Lucid, yeah. Lucid that you know make your make your index as well. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We're 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 excited to kind of see how those those cars uh, they stack up. You know, if, if you're really really small, you don't have to file a lot of this data, so they'll have to get beyond a certain number of sales. But that's a pretty low threshold, so. I, I would like to think in the next couple of years we'll start to see them uh, on the on the index. Great. Kelsey, your your information is really interesting. You can go to, what is it, cars.com backslash AMI to review Correct. this. Yes. And uh, I noticed that you can, they break it down. You can get it by SUV and not, not only SUV, but three-row SUV or two-row SUV. And then you go to sports cars, cars under 25 grand, et cetera, et cetera. So you really can quickly grab what you need depending on what kind of car you're looking at yeah yeah lots of different ways to kind of slice and dice it and uh hopefully yeah. you know consumers are able to find it helpful that's great um kelsey a great question bruce thanks for that um everybody should visit cars.com it's it's a we have websites that are complicated to get to you know the urls are uncertain is it this is it that with forward slashes, <laughs> cars.com, you can get to that pretty damn quick. So uh, we always appreciate that. Um, uh, we want to thank uh, Kelsey. I, I'll get you the, the title right. Kelsey Mays is the assistant managing editor. We're going to say AME, which is a term that's uh, uh, endearing to me because I just had a lot of people who helped me along the way who were AMEs uh, for cars. <laughs> 
for cars.com. Uh, Kelsey, we, we could just talk to you all day because the stuff, your knowledge just pours out of you. Obviously, you, you love what you do and appreciate um, being our guest for the second time. So thanks a bunch. Uh, really appreciate it. Really good data. Yeah, thanks to both of you for having me on. Uh, be back anytime. Okay, great. Hey, thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Take care. Bye.